This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, then give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Welcome to 51st Dates. I'm your host, Joey Moore. This is episode 43. How are you today? It is October. It is cloudy, partly cloudy. Um, and a little bit chilly here. Um, the beach this morning, however, was beautiful. I should have taken a picture, but um, to be honest, I don't ever take pictures because it slows down my speed and um, I can't keep my heart rate up if I slow down and take pictures. Probably there a whole conversation about life right in that sentence. So I've had some time to think. Actually, this week I read two books. Um on boundaries. Um, Terry Cole wrote a book uh, about boundaries, and then uh, Nedra Glover-Tawab also wrote a book on boundaries. And I don't know what I was looking for. Well, let me say this. So the Terry Cole book, um, at least in my view, got more press. At least I heard about it a lot more. Um, And the Nedra... um, Twab book got less press. So since Nedra is a black woman, I decided to read her book first. And my issue with the book is that it was a little superficial. I think um, after you get past a certain age or have had a certain amount of therapy or have been burned a certain amount of time in relationships, you learn boundaries. Um, I can tell you from experience, I learned boundaries about 29 or 30. I was doing a lot of volunteer work for an organization. And you know how this goes, like 80% of the people... Um, excuse me, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. So I woke up one day and it was like a full-time job. And I really had to establish a lot of boundaries. People are like, can you do this? And can you do this? And can you do this? And at some point I had to say no. And when I was like 29, that seemed like the hardest thing in the world. But after that, um, it got a lot easier, especially since uh, working for a volunteer organization, I was working for free. I felt that I could establish some clear boundaries around the time and the role um, and what I had agreed to do, which was like 10 hours a week, not 40. So that was a lesson. Um, I don't know how many weeks uh, <laughs> I lived burned out, but I, I got the boundary thing. Um, the area that I don't have boundaries is in personal uh No, actually, it's just in male-female personal relationships. In my relationships in general, I have uh, really good boundaries. But when it comes to personal relationships, I have a hard time. Um, And then we're back to the boundary versus needs. So I'll say this. um, I would read the Terry Cole book uh, before the other. It's pretty good. Um, She somehow is a little bit more intuitive and um, it's a little more relational. The other book is sort of like bullet points, like tell people what you need, don't answer the phone, you know, tell people I'll get back to you later if you can't say no right to their face. Um, but the Terry Cole book is actually a lot more nuanced. Um, but I don't know, unless you're having boundary issues in your life, I don't know if I'd recommend them. 
Um, the other thing I've been thinking about is, you know, lately I've been feeling sort of profoundly alone. So one of the things about having boundaries or cleaning up your life is that I have done a radical cleaning. So over the last three years, obviously, um, I let go of the spouse. Um, I've let go a lot of the crazy friends. Um, I recently let go of the last uh, attention-seeking guy. And it's really quiet. And um, I don't know how I feel about that quiet. It's a lot. I mean, look, I know that you die alone and God knows you're born alone, but it just feels like, I don't know, maybe, well, I know I'm, I think I'm ready for like a relationship, but I don't even know what that means. And it feels hard. Like it would be difficult to integrate somebody new into my life. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I have the space where I'm going to find that person I've been recently listening to okay look I'm going to tell you the truth push comes to shove as far as um, dating podcasts or relationship podcasts or relationships advice people goes I honestly think there are only two that you should ever 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 listen to one is uh, well she's Irish British woman named Natalie Liu who um, I'll include in the show notes. And the other one is Melissa Ledger. Other than those two, oh my God, the amount of bad advice from both men and women out there is astronomical. And sometimes people don't know what they don't know. So they just sort of fill in the blanks with whatever. And you're listening to them and it doesn't make any sense. Or you, it just, it's a lot of self-sabotaging advice advice that lacks awareness of like human relationships it's it's pretty awful um and a lot of it ends up being either cut every guy out or let in or give people second chances and all of this stuff and um it's not good i mean i've been listening to this fun podcast which i will not even recommend um the last week because it's sort of like like it's like watching a train wreck and i keep like listening thinking no, 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 she's really not going to be this bad. Wait, she's having fights on TikTok and, you know, she's my age and she thinks that's okay. And, oh my God, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's slightly horrifying. Um, so the one thing I did want to share with you is a quote um, that I read yesterday that I, was, that I thought was really good. Um, and it was in, in the context of an advice column and the person was asking advice about actually being my age and then being ambivalent. And even her being somewhat ambivalent about trying to find someone after going through so many failed relationships. And what she said was that love is a frightening and desirable affair. Um, And then (laughs) later on she said, I'd like to stop wanting that altogether, but I can't afford the lobotomy. And that's sort of like how I feel um, about the whole thing. I was... So I was reading these statistics because I was wondering about how many, my experience with online dating apps is that people would not meet you. And then I'd heard the statistic, which I was unable to verify that for every 500 matches on Tinder, only like one, you only get one meetup in person. And I was like, oh, that's starting to sound reasonable. Um, But if you, I was looking at some statistics that Tinder had put out on their own and the people from Match Group had put on their own and the percentages of matches to meeting is so low. I mean, in some categories, depending on any number of things, it's like three to 20%. 
And I think, oh my God, what are people doing? Like literally what are people doing? Like they're, so like a majority, like a huge majority of people on dating apps have no intention of dating. It is frankly the bizarrest thing I think I've ever heard. And I guess comports with the human behavior. I'm just surprised. I mean, I'm really surprised. Um, But it's made me rethink um, the dating strategy that I'm not using as to what would be the best way to meet someone. Although this week it was suggested to me that I consider hiring a matchmaker. And um, I actually had a friend years ago maybe like 12, 13 years ago, who hired a matchmaker and she she married one of the people that the matchmaker matched her with. I have some thoughts about the marriage, but I'm going to be honest. I I mean, I met the guy later, obviously, because I knew her first. I think that some of the issues are hers. Um, She got married um, past 40 and was really inflexible um, in getting to a marriage. And, you know, she was unwilling to quit her job move from her house or change anything about her life and he had to fit in to that rubric and it wasn't um the most successful thing I've ever seen um and I think they're still married but I don't know COVID man I haven't kept up with everyone because we used to meet in person a lot and uh she's not really a phone talker or texter um but I'm certainly now that I think about it I'll just check in on her um after I record but the idea that People are just out there. Like, I think it's the illusion that they're doing something, but they realistically have no chance of, no, I, no chance, no propensity to do it. Um, and I did have one friend who said that she did this, and I was just like, in my head, I was like, that seems like such a time waster. She was like, well, I would need to talk to a guy for weeks or months or years or whatever it was before I'd be comfortable meeting him. But I knew at least from my observation, I'm not sure if she knew that she had no intention of meeting them and she would just be one of those time wasters. So talk about filtering. Like if people are unwilling to meet you, you have to filter them out immediately. Like there's literally, it feels like, I don't know, like trying to find a needle in a haystack and you keep like every piece of hay, you just toss, 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 toss until you find that one needle. That to me in a life where I try to do many things effectively seems ineffective. So I will consider the matchmaker idea. I do believe I may have contacted one while I was doing these dates. And after I sent her my information, she said that she couldn't imagine finding matches for me in the city. So uh, I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, but it's, it is an interesting idea wanting to meet someone and then also thinking about how to meet someone. And I would love for all these people who have all these classes and coaching sessions and all that to have a deeper discussion about dating apps because all of them, and I used to follow them on Instagram, I may still, were like, just go on the apps, go on more apps, just swipe more and date more, and eventually you'll find a person, and their whole idea was filtering. Um, So you're paying them, plus you were doing the work of filtering. And I just don't see how that's an effective use of time, especially when I have other things to do. Um, I mean, I'd like to meet a person, but I have like a child and a full-time job, and I like to work out, and I have hobbies and friends, and not all of that allows for like 
a whole sideline of filtering through people looking for those who want to have a relationship. And then after that, looking for compatibility. We shall see. Um, I will actually seriously consider the matchmaker idea, although I have to get over spending the money on it. And to be honest, I just bought a whole bunch of plane tickets because obviously that's what I'd rather spend my money on. So uh, it's something I'll think about. Onward. Chapter 43. There are no happy endings. October 21. Once a year I go camping with my son. The upside? Lots of time to hang out and bond. The downside is that there's no cell service. At all. Not even kidding. There are places in California where there are no cell towers. Usually it's a relief. This weekend, not so much. In addition to setting up and sleeping in a tent, hiking, biking, and the like, I spin out in my head. I know all the advice now is about not dwelling on the past or future, but my mind was not on board. Yesterday afternoon, driving down the mountain was like being in a trial and waiting for a verdict. Mine? Ghosted. Thunderbolt read my text and opted not to reply. That's the first time ever I haven't gotten a reply text. But late afternoon, I had to drop my kid at his dad's house. I avoid my ex like the plague. I'm never in the mood for a lecture on what's wrong with me, what I've done wrong, how I've ruined all our lives, or some variation of the above. We still share the camping equipment, however, and my old house has acres of storage, while my little West Hollywood spot does not. After I unloaded my SUV, no, he didn't help. He's not the kind of guy who would do that. He just stood by, arms folded, watching me move tent, sleeping bags, and all the rest of it. He gave me a look I dreaded. It was him crying. How are you? He asked. It wasn't at all what I'd prepared for. My mind was filled with thoughts of whether my son had caught a cold, whether I had time for a car wash, and what I'd say to Thunderbolt if I saw him. None of those was about my ex. As good as can be expected, I replied. Obviously, he was no longer privy to the ups and downs of my life. Then he did the thing I hadn't heard in several months. He begged for reconciliation, a second chance, therapy, anything. Like I do for dates that go on too long, I indulged him, letting him emote all over the garage. Then I turned my back, closed the garage, got into my SUV, and left. I did drive down to the car wash, which is another 30 or 40 minutes of waiting and thinking. Los Angeles is always good for that. My life was dominated by mismatches. Men who wanted me, I didn't want them. The more I wanted them, the less they wanted me. Something was broken. Last week I thought I had clarity. Now I knew that I really didn't. Sunday night was hard. I turned down a repeat performance from the actor while I waited in vain for some acknowledgement. If you've read this far, I'm sure you know that I don't do silence well. I could take it from Classic Car Guy, and I'd never experienced it from Thunderbolt, but there it was. So I turned out all the lights, slipped into bed, and tried to enjoy the mistake from L. Kennedy. It's really good. Before I drifted off, I sent one last text. I know, I know! I can't help myself sometimes or all the time. Long week long me. Hi! Long weekend in the mountains without cell service. I'm heading to bed. There's something I want to talk to you about. Let me know when you're free. I know it was probably too little, too late, but I can't say that I tried at least a tiny bit to stick my toe in the water. That said, continuing to string the hiker along is not nice. So I'm going to stop doing that, going to text him this morning that we're not a match. That's it. Back out on the market again, maybe. I really enjoy dating, but it's exhausting me. Maybe I need to do something else with my weekends. In the meantime, there will be some regression. Going to take the actor for another spin. This time, though, I'm going to be 100% clear up front what I want from him, which is nothing more than a good time. Ambiguity has not been my friend. Thank you.
man, oh man, this continues to be an exercise in utter humiliation. I don't, I, look, I've already forgotten what I said last week about when I texted Thunderbolt and him not replying. And I'm going to just, uh, I don't remember sending yet another text where he didn't reply. Um, I did see him again, so something must have given, but he got weird in October. Um, and that guy, that guy, so many of those guys, so much ambivalence. Um, oh, I think I had this great sort of quote on my Instagram last week. It was something like, if a guy's words and deeds mismatch, then he's either lying to you or lying to himself. And I think that's sort of where I am. Like, it doesn't matter, like, if he's self-aware or not, he's lying. And who he's lying to or why he's lying is irrelevant, but we're stuck with the fact that I have spent too much time with guys who do not know what they want from themselves or what they want from me or what they want from life. And so they'll tell me one thing and behave another way or flip-flop. So either they, they love me to death and they just, you know, but they have this other woman or whatever, or they don't like me at all. And then they're all schmoopy schmoopy. I can't, I can't even. Um, so what I'm looking for is a hundred percent consistency. And that is, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I can't even imagine it, but hopefully one day it will come. It didn't come before the end of this book. That's for sure. I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at xojoliemore and on all social media at the same handle, xojoliemore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.